What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Ride Share Rodeo, Uber Lyft driver and gig economy news. Presented by Curry.com. I'm your host, SJ, and it's time to get it on. Welcome back, everybody. Twice in a week is always a good time. Um, so this week, this is the Friday bonus episode. Um, no news, no anything. We're just kind of jumping on some to- topics uh, this week, and we'll do another one. I'll do another one next week, and then after that, Jason Thierry and I will be doing a show on uh, TNC Live. Uh, Oh, tncradio.live, excuse me. Uh, I knew I had that wrong. <laughs> um, but this week, I'm, I'm, this is a subject that I think you've been hearing me talk about on the Ride Share Rodeo that I've wanted to do. Uh, I've wanted to do a piece on the New York taxi medallions, the situation behind the medallions, their cost, what it's done to people. And it's really not about... This episode specifically is not about taxi drivers everywhere. That was the one thing I really wanted to do is talk specifically about New York City and its medallions. So a couple times we might veer off a little bit here, um, but I but I had a great uh, person on to interview. And, uh, well, without further ado, I'm just going to bring on the interview and uh, I'll come back on the other side. So I'm happy to have uh, Ed Van Ness here today. Um, Ed does uh, a show every Sunday morning. Every Sunday morning, Every yes. Sunday morning called the uh, Taxi Stand Hour, which is two hours. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's, he's, uh, he's in New York, um, spent a lot of his time driving cabs, but not. Uh, he spent most of it in South Florida, not New York. However, he's in New York now has an understanding of the medallions. And I think finally, maybe today we might be able to get some of the information because as my listeners know, I've been trying to do a piece, not on cab drivers as a whole, but on what happened to New York city, because a lot of these people are doomed. I mean, they're just screwed. A lot of these cab drivers and I, the other cities, sometimes you just have to adapt. That's my view. And I know that they've really hurt the industry, the rideshare game, but at the same time, New York is its own animal, and I think those people really, really got burned. I think this whole medallion piece from the beginning was a way to keep people tied down to payments they couldn't make. Uh, well, first off, thanks for having me on, Steve, Absolutely. before we re- before we really get into it. Uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate the opportunity to talk to somebody other than my co-host. And by the way, that's the Taxi Stand Hour, every Sunday, 10 a.m. Eastern Time. RadioTFI.com. You can go to RadioTFI in your app store. You can find us there. We're live. We're on uh, the, We're on YouTube. We're, we're all over the place. Anyway, as far as medallions are not necessarily a way to uh, uh, to hold people down, the living proof of that is Uber. 
Mm-hmm. You go to most locations, uh, there are no limits to the amount of uh, TNC cars. Right? I prefer ride hail. Uh, there's nothing sharing about these. You know, I yeah. understand that's in your name, but no, uh, no, they they tried they tried that a, way, a while ago. And right. There's nothing right com- share. A complete flop, and it will not come back either because after this pandemic, nobody's going to want to share rides. So, right. No, no. I don't mean the the um, uh, uh, what what did Uber call it? The uh, pool. I don't mean that. I mean the whole term ride share. Oh, right, right, right. The whole term ride share is a misnomer. A, ri- a ride share is is I'm bopping down the street and Steve pulls up and says, Hey Ed, where are you going? And I say, I'm going downtown. Hey, I'm heading past there. Can I give you a ride? Sure. And I give you here, here's two bucks for gas. Thanks, Steve. That's mm-hmm. a ride share. Setting it up and dispatching people. That's not ride share. What's the name? What's the word I'm looking for? Taxi. Yeah. Right. And, <laughs> but getting, and yeah, go ahead. I, uh, getting back to the, the medallions. The reason you have medallions is to, Limit the amount of, of participants so that everybody has a so that uh, first off, the drivers can make a living. We've all seen what's happened. Uh, I don't know how long you've been involved with uh, with the uh, Uber and all that. Just but I about say, seven, seven years. OK, so I was in the taxi business. I started in the mid 80s mm-hmm. and I was there for I'm no longer uh, just to be up front. I'm no longer in for hire. Right. Uh, well, I'll explain that briefly. But when I was in in the cab business pre Uber, everybody got a little slice of the pie. These weren't big slices. Nobody was getting fat and happy as drivers. But you can make a living. You weren't dependent on is it surging? Is it not? Is it just busy or not? That's all. That's all you really went by. I know plenty of guys that bought homes, put kids through college. You were again, you were never going to get rich, but you can earn a living. It's a hard job; it always will be. Uh, yes. it, it, there's there's no line, no line about that. Mm-hmm. But we also had to abide by certain regulations and rules, and and everything was there. It's another thing what Uber's done; it's taken the taxi industry back to where it started when there were no rules. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll we'll get in again. We'll get into that a little bit. Uh, so what the medallions do, it makes it allows X amount of people to operate. I'll tell you how we operated down in Broward County, Florida. Every every year, or every couple of years, the county would look at the population figures. If there was an increase of two thousand people or more, they would add new perm. We refer to them as permits down there. Mm-hmm. So, so essentially, you had one taxi for every two thousand residents. And that's okay. how they determined how many taxis would be on the road. Now, at the moment, well, I don't know what it is at the moment. Uh, the last time before Uber, we were at about 900 taxis for the county, which was plenty, which was okay. folks would always say on, on uh, busy, busy, traditionally busy nights like New Year's Eve, St. Patrick's, we need a thousand more kids. Sure. And then what are we going to do with them the rest of the year? Right. So what happened when Uber came in? We went from everybody having a slice to it was like a bowling ball or a rock dropping on the pie. And now we're down to crumbs. Sure. And everybody's picking and fighting and this and that and and the other thing. And, uh, you know, so that's that's what the importance of a medallion. Now, here in New York City, oh, it got crazy out of control. I grew up here. Uh, I could hail a cab before I could walk. 
And that's what I've been to New York a handful of times. I work production too, not just rideshare. So I work for a a laser lighting company that does around the world. We do all Carnival Cruise Lines, Disney World, Toyota Corporate. So I've been to New York quite a few times. And I it's the only city I remember as actually, hey, like actually hailing a cab. You can do it pretty much anywhere, but th- that's predominant here. As right, I just Manhattan. I know I know you can, but I just meant that's the only one I did it in. Like it right, was just right. it was it was a con- it was the way to do it. It was the way to right. move around. Now uh, again, I, I learned to do it when I was a kid. Uh, oh, I had, I was going somewhere with that, and I just <laughs> that train just went off the track. But again, people weren't getting rich. But they had a system in place. They had the rules, the laws in place, and everybody was, you know, was doing their their thing. And the number of per- medallions, as they refer to them here in New York, medallion permits, it's all interchangeable. Uh, it hadn't changed since like World War II. There was about thirteen, fourteen thousand permits, and uh, they or they got it. Uh, they got it up to thirteen thousand six hundred or so, and. In what was that? 2014. Uh, and it was something the city needed. But again, you can only have so many cabs. We also right. have. No, no, your- I, I get that. So actually, I just want to pause and ask you one thing, though. Oh, absolutely. I just want to say, so I get that. And I think that's a great system because even what you described in Florida, at least it can be manipulated if need be. If, if every one for yes. 2000 isn't working, you can change that. I get all that, but I feel like even before Uber and Lyft, and not that they did any help at all, but (laughs) but even before that, I felt like these medallions were very overpriced. Well, then now that now that's that's something, and really kind of put a a pigeonhole on the drivers. Like, man, well, well, here's what what made it even worse was that just just before Uber showed up, and I wasn't living here at the time, but. I, I read about this. The city of New York at, oh, auctioned off, sold uh, some brand new yellow cab medallions. Okay. So they they, they uh, the people paid whatever they paid at the time six hundred grand, five hundred. Are, they, are grand. they always yellow cab? Is that always the medallion? Yeah. Well, when the city puts them up, we'll we'll get to that. Okay. We'll get to that in a second because we do have the borough cabs as well which have their own sort of little backstory. So it wasn't long after, I guess it was a couple of thousand medallions came out and people put their literally life savings. This is what they were going to retire off of. This was their future. Mm -hmm. And so they've got their mortgages, their loans, however you want to phrase it. And then just when it, within a relatively short time, uh, New York city said to Uber, come on in plenty of room. Plenty of room in the pool for everybody, which, of course, there wasn't, because even though in New York City, uh, Uber drivers, the cars have to be registered. They have to have the commercial yes. insurance, and the drivers have to have a, a valid hack license. There is no limit on the number of cars, where, again, the yellow medallions were, were limited in number. Well, now, I mean, and also, I think New York is the only one though, that just so you know, if you didn't, that checks to make sure rideshare drivers have the right insurance, by the way, uh, every other place in the country, they, they don't, they're not allowed to give you instruction, but they should be able to do this. They don't tell you, you need that. 
you have to find that out and go get it. Like most drivers on the road outside of New York City do not have the correct insurance. Right. Well, uh, first off, I think Houston and and Columbus, Ohio, they have – I used to include them when I would uh, talk about this. They have stricter rules than any place else outside, with the exception of New York, but not as severe. And I'm not really up on what they require. Yes, the commercial insurance is most important. And drivers do not realize this. They do not accept the fact that Uber's insurance means nothing. Nothing. It means zero. Uh, At best, at best, they will... Take care of somebody who was injured in your car. They don't understand. A lot of cab drivers don't understand this either. The insurance you purchase through the company, it it covers damage you do to somebody else's property and Mm -hmm. passengers in your car. It's got nothing to do with you. It's got nothing to do with. Now, there was a brief time when things really went down the toilet for me. When, fortunately for me, when I was still active in the cab business, I had longtime private customers that I've been dealing with for years and years and years. There was a small group of us. We've been working together for a long time. So eventually, once I lost all my cabs, and at one point I had 23 cabs that I leased out to drivers, lost it all, everything, lost my house, lost everything, you name it. So I took my my minivan, we stripped all the taxi stuff off it, and I was I was doing Uber and Lyft just to find new business for my private but what I did is I got commercial insurance for myself. Right. So that I could comfortably, I was more concerned. I was concerned about my customers. Yes. Some of them I had been dealing with for over 20 years. I did not like the idea of running around on my personal car insurance, which is pointless for you. If you're doing, if you're accepting anything for a ride, mm-hmm. you're, personal insurance company will say, uh, 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 you blew it and right, you're not you know, covered. You know. And now all the insurance companies do offer rideshare insurance. So all you need to do is ask. It's just for many years, people were scared to ask because the price went up so much. They weren't, they were like, what? No. You know, well, I, I haven't looked into that. Uh, but- I mean, like me, I have the correct insurance and I can tell you back in the day, mm-hmm. it was a lot, like it was a big jump from where I was. Now they right. kind of have int- a lot of the companies have in- like Progressive, Geico, all these have not just straight commercial, but they have this thing called rideshare. Okay. So, and I had legal rideshare the that firm from Chicago on the podcast where we talked about this. You're only covered in one of the phases. There's three phases. One yeah, is, yeah, yeah. One is yeah, where you're in all. your one is where you're in your car waiting. Two is after you get a ping and are going to, to pick them up. Mm-hmm. And the only time you're covered is three. Once they get into the car till the time they get out. Right. You and, know even, what I and even that is working with your insurance, which is going to be mostly insurance. And if you don't have commercial insurance, Uber gets to say we're not covering any. That, and that's why I prefer commercial insurance, which, oh, what phase am I covered? Oh, yeah, the 24-hour, seven-day-a-week phase, whether I'm in the car or not. That's, yep. I was paying. I was paying, uh, I think it, was, it ran me about one, 175 a month mm-hmm. for my commercial insurance, which isn't bad, which it, it was, or maybe it was, maybe it was 200 a month. It, I didn't think it was all that right. expensive considering what you're doing for a living. Part of the problem with 
with TNCs was that a lot of drivers came in knowing nothing about uh, operating a vehicle for hire. A lot of folks came in thinking, I put gas in it. What else do I need to do? I mean, and, and they, all they do at Uber is send you an email saying, here's the, here's the link to the download. Download yeah. the app and turn it on. There's no instruction. No, no, because then you'd be an employee. Then you'd be an employee. Exactly. And That's therefore, right. I mean, but you know what? They've kind of done some odd things, though. They've made you watch sexual assault videos before you mm-hmm. can get back on the platform. Like when there's an incident and they say everybody needs to watch these and there's right. six, you can't log on until you watch them. Isn't that an employee? Yes, it is. Of course it is. But they're looking at it from the standpoint of, okay, they know, let's say, a driver A sexually assaults somebody in their Uber. And we know there's no Uber drivers out there, you know. <laughs> So even though Uber knows that they can't be sued themselves, because if you really dig into the terms of service, which I haven't done in a couple of years, uh, Uber Uber has protected themselves six ways to Sunday. It's all on the driver. But just the same, they're trying to avoid any more bad PR than they already have. Because now they can say, well, we said to the guy, you can't have access to our platform, which you've agreed to. You've agreed to do this in the terms of service. You will let them tell you what to do and what not to do uh, while still maintaining that you're not an employee. They can at least say, hey, Steve, watch the video. What more could we do? And that's that's really well, that's really all that's I about. guess what I thought when that happened, though, was, OK, then you should have shown me videos on how to do Uber. Because it is, it's no, I know, I know. Again, it gets into that into that gray zone. But so does showing the the sexual assault videos. Yeah, I can tell you. In thirty four years as a as an active taxi driver, not one time where we where we had did we have to be spoken to about that. Now, I'm not saying that cab drivers haven't gotten in trouble. By God, they have. Oh yeah, I mean, and especially uh, no, no, we we were a dirty, rotten bunch to be sure. And just to be clear, so your listeners, you know, look, I'm not totally taxi only. You know, we were the gods and we were, you know, we needed a good swift kick in our pants. We did. There's no question about that. That being said, uh, the fact of having just somebody roll in and, and just destroy us like that, we weren't playing, playing by the same rules. We're still not playing by the same rules. And that's we why have, I really wanted to do this piece because I wanted to know why the city, if they're not making, if again, folks, we're talking New York city only, we're not talking about other areas, even though we are a little bit, we're talking, that's what we're defining here. And what I, what I would like to know is why these medallion owners, if they're not going to impose anything on Uber and Lyft aren't bought out. And I, and, and just hear me out at some fair mm-hmm. rate, like maybe if they've done it for 20 years, they've made X amount, they've paid it off. And let's say it's paid off in full even. Maybe they get a certain amount back, not the whole thing, but something that's fair if they're not going to charge Uber and Lyft regulations. I, I don't disagree. At this point, this, uh, the city of New York, they're trying to work out something, to the best of my knowledge. Um, but let's face it. when you, If you bought in at the height of the medallion, at the prices, uh, the city's going to say to you, look, we sold it to you at 500 grand. 
we'll reimburse you 500 grand. Or we sold that medallion. The fact that you, you're now the third owner and you paid 1.2 million for it. Right. Now, where I was. And now I know people who bought those and maybe weren't at quite at retirement. Maybe they didn't buy quite at that price either. Let's say 800,000 just to. Right. And now they still hold it. They're like, what? And so I know that they've started renting those out or however that's done. Yeah, that, they, that, that happens. That happens quite often. Again, but I, but I, I think that, but I think I'm they're sorry. not making anywhere near no. what they should be in a just value to that. Now, as 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 a as a fleet owner, I leased my cars out to to drivers. I also rented my permits so I could have cabs on the road. Uh, now, in in South Florida, summer was the quiet time. So we'd always have a few cars empty because drivers, they, they weren't making the same money. They'd leave. And we took that opportunity to, to do major maintenance and all that. But I would still make the payments, the rent payments on the permits because I didn't want to lose use of them. Mm-hmm. I would have maybe two or three permits a year. And I would have to, there were maybe a total of 10 or 12 weeks of, uh, of not making any money on the car, losing money on the car, because sure. uh, of, of, of the 52 weeks in a year, I, I only fig- I based everything on uh, the cars being filled 50 weeks of the year. I always knew there'd be, but that's how we used to do it. You would keep the permit, you'd pay for it regardless, even if the car was off the road for a couple of weeks, because you didn't want to lose access to it. Now I can walk two blocks from where I am right now, and there's a ton of yellow cabs sitting. I can go. I'm in Queens, actually, okay. one of the outer boroughs of New York. And uh, this is where a lot of the taxi garages are, Queens, Brooklyn. And you drive around, and it's, uh, and it's sad. It's really sad to see all these cars. And you're not even seeing all of the available medallions. Now that we're years into this, vehicles have been taken off the street and never replaced. So there's literally empty medallions sitting or they're sitting in somebody's office without a car to put them on because what's the point? What's the point of spending? Getting back to what you were saying, how the city should reimburse. I personally believe, yes, every every municipality that just kicked the doors open to let Uber in with no, little or no, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, I, I just lost the word. Re- regard for humanity. <laughs> well, there's that too. But, but, but very few rules to follow. And, the, and, and Uber has this great, great uh, ability to fight for their own rules being passed and then ignoring them on top of it. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're seeing this. We're seeing this right now. I just uh, did an interview the other night with a rideshare professor. We were talking about safety, and as we were finishing up the interview, the article about Prop 22 being pulled by okay. uh, by the mayor this weekend. You saw that? Uh, we talked about uh, we talked about that a little bit. Uh, my co-host John Shannon and I I caught a glimpse of it last night. And I've really been fuzzy about the whole Prop 22 thing, maybe because it doesn't affect me. Has never affected me directly. I'm not in California, right? Well, I mean. It affected the cab drivers, though, because it gave them the carve out of of AB5 for the gig based on demand gig workers only, not freelancers, not writers, not Mm -hmm. they all had to get their own carve outs, if even. Yeah, but again, Steve, I'm I'm just fuzzy on the whole thing because 
I, I'm not on top of that, and I kind of understand what's going on out there. And, AB, and some... AB5 was a force, you know this, to make everybody employees. Yes, yes. Okay, and now the, the, the National Pro Act that's being discussed is the same type of thing, even in, okay. even in the 29 right-to-work states. So therefore, <laughs> if 50.1% of the people voted for a union, the 49.9% have to take the union. Okay. And that's kind of a okay. harsh thing. Um, but so that's the product. But AB5 said you all have to be employees. They had to carve out initially anesthesiologists, things like that. That's Uber. right. And then they had, then prop, then DoorDash, Uber, Lyft, and over $200 million spent. Instacart spent $208 million campaigning right. Prop 22. Right. And the way it was done, it almost made it sound like it was for the freelancers and stuff too. And at least they knew that even if it wasn't going to help, it wasn't directly for them. They knew this is a step to fixing AB five for us. So a lot of people were kind of forced to vote for AB five, even though they're like by do by saying yes on eight on, or on 22 on the November ballot, I'm saying that I'm voting with these four big corporations that treat people awful. Right. You know, but I right. have to do that to maintain independent contractors because there's 59 million in the country, which is 33% of the workforce. Mm. So uh, let, me, uh, let me ask you a question because you've got your finger more on this pulse than I do. Now, we're all reading the stories and hearing the stories about companies that are now upping their game. They're, they're, they're paying more. Uh, they're paying. They've they've given up the the minimum wage gig, and they're actually you know paying people fifteen, eighteen dollars, whatever the job may be. Now, are you seeing or hearing uh, drivers in your in your segment of the world thinking, you know what? Maybe I can go to work, make eighteen bucks an hour, and not have to burn up my car in the process. Not yet. I think I and I mean maybe a little, but I think that. Um, I really think people are still underestimating September 6th and PUA ending. Yes. I think that a lot of people have told me that like, dude, not that many people are doing it anymore. Like you're going to be surprised, man. I I agree with that. I agree with that. I understand. Right. Look, I'd I'd be doing the same thing if I was driving for Uber, but I could collect 700 700 bucks a week without. Oh, sure. Why wouldn't you? Right. And and other people who have left the workforce. So I think that when that ends, it's going to be a real kick in the ass and we're going to see a lot of jobs filled. Right. But my question was more in spite of that. I mean, just in general, people that are just realized they're, they're getting screwed in this industry. Most most drivers don't understand how to work that business. There's a way to work it and there's a way not to. Yep. And most most guys are just out there following that phone yeah, and yeah. not putting they put zero effort into what is essentially their own business. So I'm wondering how many of them find, will get the idea, hey, look, uh, you know, XYZ Corporation will pay me 18 bucks an hour to drive a forklift. Right. If how many, how many do you, you think, again, the unemployment aside, the PUA aside? Well, that kind of included, I'm thinking that a lot of the people who left gig world might come back to those jobs. Like you're talking about as well, though, when September right. 6th comes around who like if Uber's trying to do some analytics and see who's coming back, I don't think they uh-huh. can count on all these drivers they're counting on. I think that like you're saying, a lot of people have started looking and I'm going to be able to get a job doing something else. Right. I think it was a bit of an not- eye opener. 
Um, and I think also, uh, you know, th- there's a number that's been floating around out there for years that uh, 96% of Uber drivers, you know, quit after four months or, you know, they they only last about four months. I'll, 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 I would adjust that number. Uh, I would guess it's probably 80% don't last a year. That would be, I was starting to say earlier, that a lot of drivers don't realize what it costs to run a vehicle. 87, you know, 87% of rideshare drivers in this country work 20 hours or less a week. Really? Yeah. So that they're not making a living out of it. No, it's a second gig. That's why it needs to be. Oh, okay. and, but I mean, that's how many, that's why AB five was such a shock and why prop 22 overwhelmingly took over. Cause that's not just California. That's the nation. 87% hmm. work 20 hours or less a week on the platform. That's uh that's unfortunate. To and hear. that's, and that's not pandemic stats. That's pre pandemic stats. Right. Right. Because right, pandemic right. stats look awful. They're having, because there, until recently, there were no riders. Uh-huh. Now, now the riders are back in force. The drivers are not. We have right. a, a huge lack of drivers, and Uber has, is charging two hundred to two hundred and fifty percent on every fare. So if if you live in New York and you know that from uh, LaGuardia to your house is a forty dollar ride, let's say, mm-hmm. and uh, and and you do that, you did that all the time before the pandemic. You remember that before the pandemic, Lyft and Uber were in a race to the bottom. They never would raise one penny on the other. In fact, they'd yes. always shave a penny. Well, yes. now both of them don't have enough drivers to get to people. Wait times are through the roof in most markets. Mm-hmm. And, and they're charging the customer 200 to 250% plus. Yes. Yes. And to what they call a lack of drivers on the platform. And to me, it's like, that is no reason to charge the dr- and the drivers the aren't getting anymore. But there's That's no re- right. there's no reason to be charging the customer anymore. I can. It's it's interesting that you mentioned that Friday night. I was working, and uh, I work in film production now. I'm a teamster now. Mm-hmm. So we we've been at the st- at at the stage, and one one of the people came out that works there. I, I was standing outside, and uh, she had called for an Uber. So it was going to be about 17 bucks to get her home. All right. <laughs> she kind of did it to herself. Oh, 10 minutes. And the, and it kept, kept, the car was 10 minutes away. It was eight minutes away. It was 12 minutes away. So she, she decided to do it again. Well, 40 minutes later, in that time, she tried Uber a couple more times and Lyft a couple of times. And every time the price went up and up and up. It was at, and by the way, I checked on the taxi app. It would have been a $17 ride to, to her house. Uh, do, the taxi apps, do the taxi apps in New York compare Uber and Lyft prices? No, they, they give you a flat rate based on a meter. No, no, I'm, I know. It's almost like I'm saying they should almost do that. Like, hey, you open the taxi app. Here's what it's going to cost you. Here's Uber and Lyft. Uh, you know, there are apps to do that. I guess I, well, I know. And actually, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard of para, I'm part of team para who we no. were the ones that dug up the tip transparency on DoorDash and the code and made oh, our really? apps. It made our app show the full tip before you accepted the ride. We got two, huh. we went from zero to 290,000 users on the yeah. app with in 11 weeks. I can imagine. And, uh, 
then Uber served us a cease and desist after 11 weeks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but just to finish the story at one point, I think it was Lyft was at $42. She finally okay. did get an Uber for about $24, still seven bucks more than originally. But the fact she's standing there, we were having a conversation about the industry the whole time. She, she was very much, she says, I don't understand how, how the, uh, the, the stockholders, they're making money, but the drivers, you know, they're, they're cheating. Look, I said, it's been like that from day one. And I mean, look at how long they went to go public. They were a 10 year company as just venture capitalisms where, you know, dirtbags were washing their money. <laughs> I will say this about it. I was a great idea. Had it stayed what it needed to be yep. an alternative dispatch system. Okay. It never needed to get, well, you, you can thank Travis, the uh, Travis decay for this. Yeah. This was Travis. Yeah. All along. He was just because, such a mess, a hot mess around the country right. with strippers and things that th- they had to let him go. But nonetheless, he, I still say to this day, I prefer him because Derek Kawashaki from Expedia is just a mess. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't care about anybody. I know a lot of CEOs don't, but he really has, he's he's stripped all the programs. He heard everybody's pay. He doesn't listen. He doesn't have any kind of outreach or listen. He's canceled those programs. He doesn't care. He does not. Why would he? He's, he's getting his money every year and And it's a lot (laughs) and it's a lot and it's a lot. And, uh, but anyway, getting back to where we kind of started this whole thing, the, the medallion program, uh, the medallions, Basically, they're there to protect everybody. They are, uh, yes, the prices have gone up, but that was because of demand. Remember, pre-Uber, taxis ruled. Mm -hmm. Again, in New York City, the Yale, well, you know what? Let me sidetrack to what what they refer to now as the borough caps. These are the caps that are painted uh, apple green. Okay. It's that it's that particular shade. Get it, New York, the Big Apple, Apple Green. Okay. I didn't make that up. <laughs> right? No, no, no. But, but these these vehicles can operate anywhere in the city except basically below Central Park. Okay. They can op- they can operate in Upper Manhattan, but so they not- can't they can't go to Midtown or no. They can drop off, but they can't pick up. Okay. So before they and when I heard about this, and this was just before Uber as well. I said, this is a fantastic idea because now all these vehicles have to be uniform in color, uniform in rate. They, we, we used to call them gypsy caps. And it would just be what Uber is now, but with even less regulation. Actually, they took the care of themselves a little better because they all had their little uh, neighborhoods that they worked out of. I was reading about and, the gypsy cabs. It seemed a little, yeah. a little uh, different I than the video. I rode in a couple, of, but in the outer boroughs, you couldn't get a taxi. You couldn't get a cab back in the day. Um, so why? The city, why was that? Because of the limit of medallions, and they no, just weren't, or they taxi drivers just didn't want to be out there. They didn't want to be there. Yeah, they didn't want to be there. Even though all the other boroughs are part of New York City, right? But they wanted to be where they had constant rides. Manhattan, yeah. right? You could have ten thousand cabs south of Central Park. I mean, <laughs> south of one hundred and tenth right. Street. And I'm telling you, they all made a living. Uh, yeah. That's where the business was. So they get these these borough cabs up and running, which, again, I thought was a fant- 
fantastic idea because now you could, you know, look, I, I'm in Queens. I could flag a cab down. You know, these cabs now have a, they're out here, you know, you, you know. And the only other thing they can't do is work the airports. Other than that, they're the same as any other taxi here in New York. And that was just about two years before Uber hit, and it just it just crushed that idea. There was supposed to be, I believe it was 6,000 of those permits. It was about 2,000 every year for three years. They were going to put out 6,000, and it just crushed it. I don't know if they ever got to the 6,000 mark. Uh, fantastic idea. And it was long overdue, and and they just um, over-destroyed it. Uh, See, I guess my, one thing, too, though, and I know, I mean, you can look at when we when you and I were talking about the 1.4 highest amount that was spent in 2012. Uber was already around in New York City at that point. So what's somebody doing? Well, okay, they adjust. But still, somebody spending just. the most ever on a medallion at that point it just was weird. But... And it seems very overpriced. What I feel like is maybe those medallions, no matter what time it was, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, even for their time were overpriced. Well, here's the way it used to go. Uh, the, 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 the rule of thumb used to be that a taxi medallion was, right, was, was valued right about the, uh, the same as a seat on the stock exchange, okay. which I just found out is no longer a thing either. Uh, so if a seat on the stock exchange was going for 150000 that was, you know, they weren't tied to each other, but it was just the rule of thumb. Right. And uh, so to own a medallion, again, it all depends on uh, what demand, how many people want. It's not like the city had permits, uh, a medallion sitting around doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Every one of these medallions was working. So if you could get your hands on one, you could rent it out, and now you've got steady income coming in every week sure. on top of whatever else you're doing, et cetera, et cetera. And that's why, that's why there was a demand. Nobody could foresee Uber. And even when Uber first started sniffing around, okay, nobody, myself included, thought that after years and years and years of following the rules and abiding by every little Look, every city has its TLC, its taxi limousine, or some version of it. I, I drove a limo I, for a while, so. <laughs> I spent the, my, our cars were basically white. You know how much time and money I spent on, on uh, repainting white bumper covers because they would get a chip? <laughs> I'm not kidding. No, you want oh, it to look oh, great, yeah. yeah. Well, not just the company, but the county. Oh, you'll get a $200 fine. Can't we just put black bumpers on it? But anyway, so we're getting nickel and dimed, and we're following every rule. I got fingerprinted every time I renewed my license, and I didn't mind. I was happy to do it. Um, I've been finger more, fingerprinted more times than most uh, most convicts, uh, <laughs> and, and we <laughs> we all did this, and we did it, you know, gladly because this was what we had to do. Uber shows up and it's like, it's Wild West. You, you got a face in a car. Eh, you don't even need the face. You know, you got a car. And of, we tried to warn people at the beginning when, when the rates were much lower than taxis. Mm-hmm. And well, they, were, were they, getting, were, they were giving away the rides to get the yes. city stocked with drivers. So We kept saying. And the drivers were getting 
eighty percent. Oh yeah. Or when I started, it was nine. I had a ninety ten split with Lyft. Okay. Okay. Well, there you go. But we tried to explain to people this is the drug dealer model. <laughs> Try it. Here's a freebie. Try it. And of course, I'll tell you an interesting story. So when Uber first came around, or just before they came around, the company I was with, Yellow Cab of Broward, we had an app. And I will freely admit the app stunk. And it had a stupid name. I won't that I won't <laughs> dignify by repeating. But one of the things that the company was trying to get people to use the app, smartphones and were really coming into their own. And I was one of the drivers that was that was pushing it. It was just before I owned my car, so right about that time. And it was interesting to have people say, oh, I don't want to use an app. I'd rather call by phone. Right. And then come and then come Uber. And now everybody's, oh, I'll use the app. I don't have to call by phone. Well, well because in the beginning, in the beginning, you couldn't. So, if you wanted to be, it's like when somebody opens a a speakeasy in an alley that you have to yeah. knock on a door and wait for a thing and use a code word. It becomes the hip spot. So it was the hip, trendy thing for right. app users, right. and it was the oh, only no, no. way to do I it. Under, I understand that. I but I just always find those conversations I have with people. I rather call by phone because mm-hmm. that's how they had always done it. And, you know, by the way, they 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 then revamped the app, got it a real good name, and it's one of the best apps you'll ever see out there. Uh, Yellow Cab of Broward, if you're interested in, in looking it up. But uh, yeah, we see again coming out of the taxi business, we had a lot of people who were accustomed to picking up a phone. And calling and saying, uh, I mean, I don't know, know how relatable to... it is, but I remember watching Taxi when I was a kid with my dad. So here we go. Here we go. Go ahead. Go ahead. We, we get the time. No, no, I love it. I, I love it, you know, because I remember it's... that show and everything was a call into Danny DeVito, you know? Yeah, it was. Yeah, everybody, where's, where's, uh, where, you know, where's this? Oh, please. It's not like that at but all. But it was all call ins, is what I mean. When well, you're when I that, st- it's like phone rings. Yeah. Yeah, but that wasn't that wasn't customers calling. It wasn't. No, because that wasn't a dispatcher. No, they got anyway. It's when I started driving taxi, we used radios. You called for a taxi. The dispatcher got on. I need a car, such and such, here, there, wherever. You know, we had our system, and it was about four years into it that we switched to a computer dispatch system, which to this day. I've been through every iteration of it up to three years ago, and they've never run it properly. We've over the years we begged, we pleaded, we, you know, can we do this? Can we do that to try to improve the service? And uh, the last major thing they did with our with the computer dispatch system was that company was to move the call center to the Philippines. Yeah. So now people in Broward County, when they do call for a taxi. They're speaking to Brian in the Philippines. Right. That person, the person they're talking to doesn't even know where Florida is. No, no, has no clue. And and then as drivers, we, as drivers, we would have to call through that number too. We couldn't even call directly to Uh, the office anymore. We had to go through the Philippines. Yeah. And they put you through this whole big, uh, what's your cab number? What's the reason you're talking? Just connect me through. Don't you worry. I start driving the cab before your country got its independence. Let's go, jump, jump. You know, of course, I, we were all very frustrated at that point. But, uh, 
But anyway, where were we? I, I lost. See, well, I lost one, one, one thing I wanted to ask you was, uh, so you were talking sure. about the dispatch systems is what you were talking about, but how I know that like we were talking about in New York city, you can flag a cab. Yes. yes. So if, if that's not coming through dispatch, what you're calling that in? No, no, no. Or no. can you just take the fare and no, in New York city, up until relatively recently, the only way to get a medallion cab was to walk out onto the street and flag one down. Right. That was it. There was no, uh, there was oh, no because they were personally owned. So only no, with, because, oh, okay. Because I mean, every cab had a phone number on the side, but that was just the number for the garage. There right. was no dispatch, no dispatch. No, it, New York city always needed a dispatch system of some type. They tried sure. a couple of times, but you know, these drivers are more interested in doing the flags and doing the hails. Mm-hmm. Now there's a couple of apps out here, which, Again, the drivers are shooting themselves in the foot. I tried to use it the other night with the young lady I was talking about. Cabs, you can see them on the on the app. You're looking at the screen. There's cabs all around you. But we were in Queens, and they want to go to Manhattan on a Friday night, so they don't they don't respond, and just costing themselves more business. But no, no, Manhattan traditionally uh, yellow cabs in Manhattan in New York City traditionally are not dispatched. They have a whole thing now, but uh, for for medical accounts and all that, uh, wheelchair cabs, there there are terminals in the cabs now that they can do some dispatch. You can order a taxi through the apps, and it'll come up on the driver's screen. Sure. Uh, but again, the driver has to have it turned on, and well, they have it turned on. But I, by the way, I had a hack license here in New York. Up until recently, when I first moved back here, I got it. I drove a cab for four weeks, decided I'm done with the industry. <laughs> it just wasn't for me anymore. I guess I'm just you know, the main. And so I think we covered a lot. But the main thing is I just don't get where every time the taxi commission and other commissions and TN, TLC, TNC and all these meet, I don't get where. When they say that Uber and Lyft don't have to, and again, it's New York City specific, mm-hmm. I don't get where when they meet and say, "Okay, Uber and Lyft, you're 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 good. You don't have to pay anything," and they're not doing anything for these people that bought into those these medallions at five, six, eight, a million, whatever. Yes, yes. I mean, at this point, I think there needs to be a formula to pay these people back, either something or a bigger portion if they just bought it and they're in real deep. Well, I don't disagree with you. And there are lawsuits pending now. And, you know, you've, or, you've or got make, or at least in the city, make Uber and Lyft do something too, because it just seems, I'm being honest here. And it just seems like, I mean, I, we know there's corruption, but it seems very corrupt that they won't, well, you know, that they're, they're like, hey, you, you guys don't have to follow any rules. You, you're new. We don't know anything about you. You don't have to follow any rules. You guys still have to follow every rule from the 30s. Well, that's exactly what happened, Steve. I know. And that's what I that's don't exactly get. That's what, what I don't that's what I don't get. What you don't get here, what's not to get? A, a brown paper sack left on a bunt bus bench. Yeah. Yep. That's I was never one to to buy into those kind of theories, but we had one of our county commissioners again back down in Broward who said on more than one occasion in public at, at com- county commission meetings. Uh, this was a long, drawn-out fight down there, too, and lots of places. Uh, in regards to the taxi industry, he said, we have our boot 
firmly on your throat and we're not taking it off anytime soon. In other words, you're going to follow the rules we set for you, but Uber's going to do what they want. Mm-hmm. And by the way, that's a, that's a guy who was 400 grand in debt before Uber showed up. Uh, it was in the papers. It was a big scandal. And guess what? After Uber showed up, this guy had money to spare. Go figure. He and I had a whole big to do. That's another story for another time. But uh, but no, I, there was a lot of corruption all over the country, New York City especially, because nobody does it better. You know, if you're going to go, go big. Uh, it happened in a lot of places, a lot of places, because Uber kept the pressure on. And uh, sweet talking people, and and again, there was there was money exchanging hands. I can't believe it didn't. How do you screw over the people that have been faithful and following your rules for fifty, sixty years, right? And then just turn around and give free reign to to this newcomer. The the thing that Uber wanted, and I. They've got just about all 50 states now. Maybe like 46. All the regulations regarding Uber in most places is statewide. Mm -hmm. In other words, individual cities can't can no longer outlaw them or ban them. Oh, it's got to go through the state. And that's that was the one thing. I'm sure they're going to go for a federal mandate at some point. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, basically they already have. I don't. You know, they're really, tr- if you remember, they're trying, they were trying to fight into the, in during the AB5 fight, they were trying to claim that they were a technology company, Uber specifically. Oh, yes. Uh, autonomous, flying cars. Right, uh, right, right. Yep. Micro mobility, all this stuff. And now they've sold it all off. Now they're, now they're just literally the rideshare company and they, um, you know, I just, <laughs> they're more of, they're more of the SAAS series now the software as a service yeah if you've ever seen like, that capital S lower a lower a capital S that's I what haven't seen that myself that's what they're trying to be software as a service new now is a new classification so they can say basically we're just that's, a middle oh okay that's new because normally it's well, you're a taxi company. No, no, no. We're a technology company. Okay. Exactly. Or you're a technology company. No, no, no. We're a transportation company. Right. They are what they need to be when they need to be it. Right. How this company is still alive shocks me. Because of the investors. They, we all know this. Yes, 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 yes. I mean, yes. you had you had people with money that they didn't that they like don't even have room for in their house. I had room were, for it. <laughs> I do too, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like literally we had people who literally were, you know, like they had so much money out in California and people are like, Travis K was like, Hey, get involved with me on this. They right. thought it to be, Hey, and for 10 years, they didn't even ask about it. It was just angel funding. Right. Right. Well, they, uh, well, from what I understand, the Saudis are saying, uh, see ya. They're pulling out. Yeah, but it's kind of but it's kind of amazing how many times we've been kicked out of Spain, or Uber has. Uber's been kicked out like three times. What do they do? A month later, they just go back and start it up without even talking Mm -hmm. to anybody. They don't talk to the government. They're just like, "Eh, 
<laughs> well, remember that's that's how they began in most places. They just showed up one day. Exactly, and I, that's what I remember was, "Wow, dude, you guys just go into countries and just start running this." Yeah, and, <laughs> like, and that's, they pretty, did. that's pretty ballsy, man. Some of these countries might kill you. <laughs> I came across something uh, about a week or so ago, uh, going back a few years when when they first showed up in Miami and Broward County, and that Uber was paying the fines because they would get fined, uh, ticketed, dropping off at the airports because they weren't, they weren't anything. They were performing a service that they were not permitted to do. So at the time, Uber was paying for all these tickets and Uber was sending out messages on how to uh, uh, have your passenger sit in the front seat, act like they're your friend, pretend you're picking up a pal from, you know, it's like you're telling us you're breaking the law. Mm-hmm. And yet nothing ever got done with that. But anyway, anyway, Steve, I don't yeah, want to know. I, I want, you know, I, I really, I really want to thank you for coming on. And if I, I mean, hopefully if you're up for it and we want to do another piece to follow up and we come and I come up with some follow-up stuff from some listeners, because we did a piece on trucking too, the people loved. Um, Absolutely. You, I, I want to get all your links too. I'm going to put everybody, I'm going to put them in the show notes. Cause I, I even want to start checking out his radio show, <laughs> even though it means me getting up pretty early because I'm in Colorado. Well, well, hang on a second. <laughs> hang on a second. What do you, what do you, what do you think? We only go live here. What do you think? We're a couple of, I, just, well, I, I, I like catching it live though. Okay. Catching it live. Well, we, we take call-ins and all that, but you can go to StreamYard, not StreamYard, SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. Look up Radio TFI or the Taxi Stand Hour there. Our app, we're currently uh, having a problem with our with our uh, audio uh, archives, and they're fixing it. But uh, you can get, go to Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at Taxi Stand Hour. Yeah, uh, you can it. find you you can find the replays of our shows there. That's why I want uh, to put all the links. If you got the, your website, I, I don't know. I don't do much on Facebook, but if you have a Facebook link. Um, we do. I don't know what it is because I haven't been on Facebook in about five years. My partner yeah, handles like the Facebook side of these. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but yeah, we appreciate that. And we'll, uh, I'll give you all that as soon as we're done here. And thanks to everybody for sticking around this long. Cause I know I can get a little chatty. No, no worries. I mean, so can I, so, and I really want to thank you for coming on this. I've been trying to do this piece for a while and I think this is a good piece where people will listen to it. Cause you, like you said about like people switching to jobs during all this, one thing I noticed is after I did the trucking piece with mm-hmm. these, with uh, two truckers out of Houston and some people thought, well, that's not right here. What are you doing? I'm like, well, I always do different stuff. So a lot of people though, were interested in it. Like, cause he talked about how to become a trucker, what it takes. You right. need to go to school. No, not if somebody trains you, you don't need to spend the, he gave away all the secrets and people were like, wait, I like this. And truckers are being paid pretty good these days. Oh, I can tell you. I can tell you. That's one of those jobs that very quickly, I spoke to somebody from Detroit Diesel a few years ago, one of the last things in the cab, and he was telling me that they're making trucks now with automatic. They're getting away from the manual transmissions. Why? Because they can't get enough people to drive trucks. Mm-hmm. And if you've, you know, people get petrified by 18 gears and six in reverse and four. No, they're all automatic now. So... There you go. If you want him thinking about the trucking career. Yeah. I mean, one- we had him telling us when he was throwing out numbers, even where you'll start as starting pay was, yeah. I mean, he basically put it straight though. Like he should. And he said, you know, t- trucking is a tough life. 
Mm-hmm. And he kind of explained Absolutely. it. He said, but if you have a love for it, it pays well. It can pay there well. There you go. There so, you go. But Ed, thank you for coming on. Um, Absolutely. You know, maybe I'll call into your radio show one time and you guys can dog <laughs> on me for being a gay economy guy or something. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. We, we welcome everybody with open arms until you open your mouth. Then that will be up on you a little bit. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, Ed, for coming on. And uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you. Okay. Well, that helped me quite a lot understand uh, quite a few of the answers that I've always wanted about the medallions. Um, I've always been curious. I know this goes so far back. I mean, it's, you know, to the 1930s. It's, you know, almost 100 years now this medallion system in some form or another has been going on. And I really want to thank Ed for coming on. Um, That was a very interesting and very unique, different guest for me to have. And it was a lot of fun. And um, who knows, maybe... Maybe I'll end up doing something on uh, his channel as well. Um, before I let you guys go today, I uh, hope you all enjoyed that, by the way. Um, and I'd like to thank Curry, my sponsor right now, for uh, be letting um, making this happen and uh, letting uh, some bonus casts come out. So thank you, Curry. And by the way, sign up for Curry. It's in the show notes, people. It's great. Um, last mile delivery service. Um, you really, really can make a lot more than you can with, uh, most of the app based on demand gig platform jobs. You know, it, it might take a little juggling and you might not have uh, constant work, but it's something that you can schedule, you know, when it's going to happen and, uh, the jobs pay pretty good. Um, even cars. So look in the show notes and sign up through there. Okay. We will see you back here next Tuesday, everybody. Go and have an awesome weekend and uh, be awesome to each other and do something awesome and uh, spend some positive into this into this world. That said, I'm out of here. See you back next Tuesday on Rodeo. Peace.